Hi, this is Gillian from Rest Reflections. Welcome to At Work, our fortnightly space to consider all things inequality, injustice, and oppression at work. So in today's episode, we'll consider issues of transference in the workplace, why they matter, what they might look like when they present themselves, and what we can do about them. But before we get cracking, let us try to define this phenomenon that is referred to as transference. So what is transference? A basic way to understand transference is to think about it as the process of taking feelings, behavior, emotional state that belong to a particular relationship, situation in the past and applying it or experiencing it in the present. So transference is a concept that is extracted from classic psychoanalytic theory and it is primarily used in clinical practice to understand relationships between people and in particular to understand what we bring from our past relationship and which continues to influence our current relationship. So how we respond to current relationship, how we experience current relationship, how we perceive current relationship, and how all of the above is in some way shaped by previous relationships without us necessarily being conscious that we are being influenced by our past relational configurations or experience. So this is what transference is all about. Now, let us try to make this perhaps a bit more practical, perhaps a bit more applicable to the workplace. And let's consider a case study to see if we can make sense of what transference might look like at work. So the case study that I would like to talk to you about is that of Sarah. And I want to make clear that Sarah is not a real person. Sarah is a composite of various people that I have worked with rather than a single individual. So let's think about Sarah. Sarah is a black British woman of Caribbean heritage in her early 30s. And she works as a manager in the civil service. When she came to see me, Sarah had been experiencing severe anxiety. She was struggling with shame and she had difficulties working with her manager, who was a white man, towards whom Sarah seemed to have developed a phobic response, or we might say simply extreme fear. So she was very fearful of this manager of hers. Sarah was frequently finding herself advocating for less senior employees of color facing discrimination and other racial slights at work. 
This added much tension in her relationship with management and she essentially became the voice of racism. Thus, we might say the troublemaker. Sarah, as a result of that role, became frequently treated with hostility within the workplace. She was disrespected more often than not covertly. And so Sarah was finding the workplace increasingly oppressive, presented as tearful, hopeless and overwhelmed in the assessment during which I saw her. So exploring the relationship between Sarah and her manager and between Sarah and the workplace as a structure formed a significant part of our work. Of particular note, Sarah had a history of bullying, including racial harassment in her childhood, and she had been the carer of her father, who had spent most of her life in and out of severe depression. So this is the story of Sarah. And as we can see, quite a number of recurrent theme to do with exclusion, to do with bullying, to do with injustice. So how might we use the idea of transference to make sense of what's going on in this workplace and to make sense of some of the conflict that Sarah seems to be getting involved in? So to remind ourselves when we are trying to consider transference very simply, what we are trying to do is to make link between the past and the present and to see whether we can establish what relationship or what might happen in previous relationship which might lead to present or ongoing difficulty in relationship. So what we are saying is we are taking something that belonged in the past and experiencing it or reliving it in the present. So some people might say that we are projecting onto our present relationship issues, difficulties, conflict, affective states that we have experienced in the past Let us return to Sarah. So the first thing that we might be attentive to is the fact that there are various links between Sarah's workplace experience and Sarah's history. So we know that Sarah has a history of injustice and a history of bullying from her childhood. And what do we find in her workplace? Sarah, again, is found to experience bullying and she's found to experience exclusion. So we can clearly see that there is something here that links. Some people might call that some kind of reenactment or repetition. Let's just say that there is, it appears, some kind of link. So that would be the first link we might say. The second link we might see or we might verbalize is how Sarah becomes or appears to become involved in racial conflict. So she's become perhaps a mouthpiece for 
her peers of colour who are facing racial injustice, racial slight in the workplace. That is, of course, also of interest, given that we know that Sarah has a history of injustice. Another interesting fact, we might say, is that Sarah is looking after her colleagues. She's becoming the carer of her work, colleagues of her peers, in a way that very much resembles her looking after her father, who was bereaved and was quite, it appears, poorly for much of her childhood. So again, another link that we might be able to make between Sarah's history and Sarah's current relationship. Finally, we might say that it is interesting also that Sarah has a history of being bullied, of being marginalised, is experiencing the workplace as uh, persecutory, as excluding and as marginalizing. So we see clearly that they are linked. So using the concept of transference, we might be able to ask or to answer the following question. What is it that Sarah might have brought from her history, from her past, that might lead to the repetition of particular patterns of ways of relating or experiencing particular relationships or experiencing the workplace as a whole? is helpful up to a certain point, of course. We know that working quite individualistically would lead to what we have previously covered in a other episode to Sarah becoming the site of the disturbance or the location of disturbance for the organization. And therefore, this is something that we want to avoid. So another way to open up the conversation and to think about the workplace or the collective contribution to the racial dynamics or the racial conflict at work might be to be thinking about what Sarah is representing for the boss, what Sarah might be representing for her peers and what Sarah might be representing for the workplace as a structure. So we might say what the workplace, what the peers, what the manager might be transferring onto Sarah. Now, of course, we can't engage to the same level with those kind of formulation simply because we do not have the stakeholders' history. We do not know their past. We don't know what they might be personally bringing into the equation. Nonetheless, we do know that there are particular dynamics that are likely to be engaged. So, for example, we know that one ongoing and quite commonly used trope or stereotype in the workplace is the black object or the black person, the black employee as a troublemaker. So we might see that Sarah is also arguably, possibly being treated as a troublemaker because of that trope. The black person that attempts 
to air some difficulties that the workplace might not be prepared to contemplate is at risk of activating that trope. And so therefore, the workplace as a structure transferring onto Sarah those negative expectations. So that might be one thing that is being transferred onto Sarah. The second thing that the organization might be transferring, and again, that takes us to a collective dynamic, is the issue of fear, if not terror, that can be activated when racism is addressed, named, verbalized, made visible in the workplace. And we do know that employees who are white, and we do know that white institution can become extremely fearful at the idea of being found to be discriminatory and to be racist. Is the workplace also transferring from their own kind of consciousness or collective belief system, this idea that racism is dangerous, that racism is a threat to the team, to the institution, to the whole organization, in which case we would expect that Sarah would be treated as a threat, as the enemy. And lastly, and perhaps that might take us to a domain that is more hypothetical, it might be the idea that particular managers might be holding onto their own um, unconscious or their own history, I would say more than likely collective history, the idea that the black body is a body to be controlled, to be restrained, that is out of control, to be essentially restricted, which takes us to, you know, certain colonial construction of blackness being out of control, of blackness needing colonial restraint and punishment and sanction and other control. So that might also be something that therefore get transferred from the past, from our collective history, from our colonial history that Sarah might be at the receiving end of. Okay, so as you know, at work is all about trying to help you find solution, find resolution and a way forward to issue of inequality, injustice and oppression. So in the context of our discussion around transference, which are simply about what we bring from the past into the present, particularly in terms of relationship. What is it that we can do? If you're a manager, if you're a colleague, if you are yourself someone who finds yourself in a situation like Sarah's, what can we do? So firstly, I think it's very important to stress that irrespective of what we might be bringing from our past, irrespective of what different party might have experienced relationally, it's important that we bear in mind that there are structural factors that are engaged in the case study. So for example, we might be curious about the fact that Sarah has become almost like the vector or the repository of all race-related complaints and grievances or dissatisfaction. So we might want to ask ourselves, why is it that staff of colour are going to Sarah? Is there reporting mechanism that exists? 
is their speaking out policy procedures that exist and that are effective and that are trusted, it appears not. Otherwise, perhaps Sarah would not be in this situation and be vulnerable, therefore, to be used by her peers in an attempt to get resolution without using the proper channels or by the organization who might even be reluctant to address some of the concerns that Sarah is picking up. So first area to inspect or to investigate is reporting, speaking out mechanisms, procedures, processes. Second area to think about is about the fear, the anxiety and the terror that might need to be managed in relation to the racism that Sarah is attempted to bring to everyone's awareness. We do know that there are very strong and powerful forces and dynamics that can come to the fore when race and racism are named. And when people of color in particular attempt to bring a complaint of racism to institutions, because we do know that those tend to lead to particular dynamic and risk of exclusion, of victimization and of organizational violence. It's important that we therefore ask ourselves what is going on, what is being done specifically to manage those dynamics. And finally, to think about support for Sarah. Of course, it's very unlikely that an organization might be privy to employees' life history and past relationships and even vulnerabilities when it comes to conflict in the workplace. We accept that and we accept that a boundary needs to be made between the clinical role and the consultant or organizational role. Nonetheless, we do know that trauma in particular has a tendency to repeat itself and that we do know that people with history of exclusion and marginalization and bullying are more at risk of experiencing exclusion and marginalization and bullying in the workplace. And so if we know that, I guess the responsible thing and the ethical thing to do would be to be curious and think about whether particular employees might have particular vulnerabilities. And that is not to say that it is the place of manager or employers to dig into people's history. But I guess it is to encourage both a compassionate posturing towards people who are attempting to raise issues to do with injustice. So that is it for this episode, which has attempted to look a little bit at issues of transference from our personal history, but also from our collective history and what they might look like in the workplace. As always, if you would like to know more, if you have comment, question, queries, or to suggest area for us to look at and to focus on in a future episode of At Work, please get in touch. This has been Gillian from Rest Reflections. Until next time, please take care.